Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Praise God, praise God, praise God. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Praise God, praise God. So well, my name, if you guys don't know me, my name is Pastor Timmy. I oversee community life and discipleship at Epiphany. And I'm right, I hope you guys are rocking with me today. It's gonna be the last, last week of Pastor B sabbatical. I just chatted with him. He's actually really, really excited to be back next week. So um, y'all rocking with me this week. So y'all, I, I'm, I'm gonna need some feedback. We, y'all, 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 gonna, y'all gonna talk back to me? Y'all gonna talk back to me? Y'all already not talking back to me. Come on. like. I'm going to need you guys to talk back to me. I need you guys to respond. I, I think that this, this sermon today is, is really special to me for a couple reasons. One, because um, I believe the Lord has been really ministering to me about faith, about faith. And I think that, you know, in, in this generation, I think that it, faith is, is a complex thing. I think we're really, it's really easy for us to come in and get a word and receive a word and get information. But... What does faith look like? What does it mean to have a strong faith? What does it mean to have a faith that pleases God? That's what the Lord has been ministering me, and, I, and I, I'm glad to, to, to really, you know, teach on it. But I also, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be very, very honest. Like, the scripture that I'm, I'm preaching on, I have been shook and been avoiding for a majority of my Christian life. This, this, this text today is, is pretty controversial, and, and, and for me, it has, like, further implications, and I'm going to get into that, but uh, let's get into the scripture. I'm actually going to bring the lovely Val Lily up. Yeah! Come on, Val. Y'all got to give it up for Val. Come on. Y'all could do it for Val. Amen. Amen. So... Uh, our anchoring text, we're going to jump around a little bit, but our anchoring text today is Genesis 22, verses 1 to 14. And uh, as you guys get there, I'm just going to tell you, it's obviously a famous, very uh, notable Bible verse, Bible scripture, Bible story. And um, I'm just praying that we see it with, with new eyes, fresh eyes today, that God just really opens up some new revelation for us. And um, as Val she reads the scripture. I'm going to be pointing out specific words and specific phrases. And I just want you, if you guys have your, your, your Bible, if you guys have, you know, the Bible app, I want you guys to highlight. I want you to circle. I want you to note the words as I point them out. So, Val, you can get started. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. After these things, God tested Abraham. Tested. Tested. Please circle tested. Underline tested. And said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Whom you love. Underline, whom you love. Whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. 
Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Come again to you. Please underline, circle, highlight, come again to you. Super important. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they, bo- they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide. God will provide. Underline, point out, God will provide. For himself, the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. Um, Verse 9. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Now I know you fear God. Please underline, circle, highlight, whatever you need to do right there. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. It shall be provided. Amen. Thank you, Val. Thank you so much. So the title of today's sermon is called Act Like You Know. Act Like You Know. Let's pray. God, we we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this word. Um, We just pray today that that knowledge is good. Wisdom is even better, but a changed heart, a changed mind, a changed lifestyle is what we pursue, Lord. Lord, we come before you today and we say, have your way. Have your way with this service. Have a way with, with our minds and our hearts, Lord. And we just pray that, that this would resonate with us, O oh Lord. Even though this is familiar, we just pray that you open up the eyes of our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. 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 Act like you know. Act like you know. How many of you guys, like, like on the average, like how long, keep it in your mind, how long do you, you stay on social media daily? What, what would you say? How long would you say? that you stay on social media. Too long, too, that's usually the answer, too long, right? It's, it's been reported that as a nation, as you know, America spends on the average two and a half hours on social media daily. It's crazy, right? Two and a half hours. You think about it like, I think there's a, a, a big, you know, negative connotation, but about social media. But it, there's social media for everybody. You know, you know, the, the older seasoned folks, the seasoned saints. They got they they Facebook, they WhatsApp. The Caribbean folks, I know, the Caribbean, the Africans, stay on that WhatsApp. 
You got, you know, my, my generation, my generation is that Instagram, that Twitter, we live in that area. And then we got the, the Gen Zs staying on TikTok. TikTok. TikTok is a dangerous place, y'all. Yep. It's a danger. You can stay on there for hours and hours. Y'all probably are the ones that are lifting curve because TikTok is just a place that you can stay in. But yeah, I, I think about the way that social media has evolved over the years. You know, social media is not just a place for content creation. It's not just a place for content consumption, but it's, it's the way that we communicate, right? It's the way that we communicate DMs, messages, people posting stories. You think about your college friends and your high school friends, you might not have talked to them in years, but you know what's going on with their lives because they posting and communicating. This is, this is how they communicate. And, and the best form of communication to me is a meme. I love me a meme. I love me a meme so much. Like, like that's how I communicate. That's my favorite, that's my love language, a meme. Like, like if, I might email you. If, if, if I don't really know you like that, I'll email you. If I text you, I kind of I kind of rock with you. I'm with you. But if I send you a meme, you got a special place in my heart. You know what I mean? You got a special place in my heart. There's, there's this one meme that's like really popular, very famous. It's my favorite meme right now. It actually comes from, from this, this iconic gospel moment, this historic gospel moment. This, this is what it is. I, I don't know if you know it. Act like you know, act like you know, act like you know, act like you know, y'all guys, y'all familiar with that? Yo, I love that, that's iconic, and you know that she was, she had the spirit singing when she was like, act like you, act like you, that's the spirit, that's the spirit, you know what I mean? I love it. I love that, 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 that moment, but you know, the internet does what the internet does. You know, the internet will take the thing down, flip it, and reverse it. You know what I mean? They, they, the internet will just, it's so creative, and they, they'll, they'll, they'll take a moment like that and create something like this. So, if you, if you can't read it, it says that when you finally have a few kid-free vacation days coming up, and praise God for the parents, y'all know y'all be acting up when y'all don't have the kids around. I know I do. When the kids is at, at the in-laws spot, like we, me and my wife will, 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 will have a good time. And, and I just love this. I love that meme. I love that communication. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with my with my parents, my Nigerian parents for, for, for Labor Day, and you know, they, they be cooking up, chefing up some jello rice, and, and, amen. And when they, you know, when my mom asks if I want seconds, I'm just gonna send her that video, act like you know. You know what I mean? I love it, I love that song, I love that video, and I, and I love it, you know, for, for several reasons. I think when we, when we get past the laughs, we get past this, you know, the iconic moment, you, you act like you know is, is like a deliberate statement. It's, it's telling you something. Act like you know. Act like you know. And, and it's, not, it's not telling you 
to act like, like pretend, like to play a part. It's telling you to act like you know. Take action as if you knew. And this, 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 this statement, this, this command, this, this sense of encouragement, it's really talking about our faith. It's really talking about our belief. If we know, we would act, right? If we know, we would act. It's really like a, like a declaration of faith. And, and, and we know what faith is. We know what faith is. In, in, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that faith is... Okay, one person knows. You know, it's funny. I'm going to snitch it on the first service. The first service said, second service is not going to know their Bible. First service was really good, was on it. The, the, the substance, what? Okay, two people know it. You, it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence things of unseen. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And when you break it down, you just break it down, faith in a practical sense. Faith is simply just like our personal ideology. It's our, it's our personal philosophy. It, it tells us what and who we believe in. And, and what we believe informs the types of decision that we make. I know, I know one thing. I, I, I don't know who's a believer. I don't know who's not a believer. I don't know where you're at in your faith life, but I know that there's one thing for certain that I know that everybody believes in this place. I know that you guys believe in a concept of the chair. I know that because when you guys came in, you guys didn't, didn't check the legs of the chair. You didn't check the cushion on the chair. You, you guys just sat, came and sat down, not thinking that that, that chair is going to fall, not thinking that that chair is going to, 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 to collapse. You believed. You just had faith that that, that chair was going to be steady, sturdy. And you took action. How many of y'all been on a, on a trip or flew out recently. Y'all, yep. <laughs> y'all lying. I see all you guys on Instagram flying out somewhere. Come on. Come on. Come on. But when you think about it, we, we, we also have faith in the airline, right? right. We have faith in the airline. We, we book tickets. <laughs> we go into the airport go through TSA, taking off our shoes, get on a flight. We don't even know who the pilot is. We don't know who the mechanic who worked on the engine. We don't know none of that. But we have faith in the airline that we're going to ascend and descend safely. We have faith in these concepts. And because of our faith, it affects how we act. It affects the seats allow us to, to we know that the seats are, are, are safe, so we sit down. We know that the airlines are safe, so we take these flights. Ultimately, this, our faith is in our action, and thus so with our relationship with God. Thus so with our relationship with Christ. If we know Christ, if we have Christ 
in our life, we should act as though we know. And I think it's really important, it's really important about our faith walk because God doesn't play about our faith. He does not play about our faith. Our faith is our superpower. Our faith is, is the way that we get prayers answered. Our faith is our way that we get healed. Our faith is, is the way that, that we, we honor God, the way that, that we, we have access to the promises of God through faith. He does not play with faith. He, he desires faith. Faith is a, how we get closer to God, how we rely on God, and he craves it. The Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to, pre, to please God. Thank you for knowing your Bible. But I think that there's this struggle. There's this tension, right? There's this tension that, that Christians are experiencing. The practice of what we believe and what we profess versus how we live it out. I think it's easy, like I mentioned, it's easy to come into church, it's easy to receive a word, it's easy to come in and grab knowledge and, and then take that knowledge and then just do whatever you want with it. Live however way you want to live with it and, 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 and use that to, to accomplish your goals, but there's a difference between submitting yourself to the Lordship of Christ, having God being the center, having God, the, the, the will and purpose of God's uh, the, the will and purpose and plan for, for you, for God, and, and for you in, in your life to, to be affected by, to affect your decision making. Your knowledge of God's will and plan should change your life. Yeah, it should. And in James 2, James 2, it, it, it kind of it, it plays it out. James 2.14, it says that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead, right? It doesn't mean, and I think that that, 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 that scripture kind of gets a little controversial, right? It gets a little controversial because, you know, a lot of people say that it contradicts, you know, justified justify by faith, justified by faith alone. A lot of people say, like, oh, the Bible is contradicting itself, but it doesn't. It doesn't. We are justified by faith, but when we are justified by faith, the result, the receipt, the evidence should be works, right? When you experience Christ, you should, something in your life should change. Amen. Amen. And, and this brings us to our scripture today. It brings us to Abraham. Abraham, he's considered the father of faith, right? He's considered the father of many nations. And, and, and I, he, he exemplifies being justified by faith, but also having to show his works, having to show his evidence, and we'll see it in this scripture today. So we can, we'll start back at verse 1. Verse 1 says, in, in chapter 14, it says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I tell you. Hmm. He says, God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. Like, do you, do you, when, you, when you read that, 
do you kind of question, like, why, did, why, do we, why does he need to, to test Abraham? Why is it necessary for him to test Abraham? He, he, God wants to test Abraham because he wants to know if, if his profession is true. God has given him this, this big assignment, this big mission. In, in Genesis 12, he says that I'm going to make you father of many nations. He said, look at the stars in the sky. That will be your descendants. Again, in, in, in chapter 15 of Genesis, he says, he says, he says the same thing. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And, and, and Abraham was worried. He, he, he was, at the time, he was like 75. And he's like, I don't have any children. Like, how am I going to be the father of many nations? My wife is barren. You know, I, I'm ready to leave my heir to, to my, my servant, Eliezer. Like, like, how is that going to happen? And God affirmed to him, like, trust me. I'm promising. I'm making you a covenant. This is the promise that I stand on. Believe in me and I will make you father of many nations. And, and Abraham, the Bible tells us in, in Genesis 15, 6, it says that Abraham's faith was counted as righteousness, justified by your faith. He was justified by his faith in, in verse 15. But it says in, or in chapter 15 and 22, it says that God tests Abraham. God is... is <laughs> wants to test our faith. Our faith can't just be profession. It cannot just be profession. He wants to hear. He wants to see. He wants to see it lived out. Y'all tracking with me? He wants to see it lived out. He says that in James 1, James 1, 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you, when you go through trials. And he says, he says that the trials produce faith and a study, a steadfast faith, a matured faith. God is, is, is wants us to, to, to have a matured faith, a faith that doesn't waver, a faith that's battle-tested. Are you going to be right or die for the Lord? Y'all not answering, so I don't, I, maybe, maybe, yes or no, I don't, maybe let it simmer in your heart for a second. Um, so it gets to, to verse 2, and, and he says, the Lord tells, tells, tells um, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son who you love. The one and only son that you love, which is crazy. You think about it. You think about Abraham's complex history with, with, as a parent, as a father with his children. You think about it, he, he, like we mentioned, God promised him that he was going to be a, a you know, father of many nations. And he was willing, he believed, but somebody who, there was somebody close to him that, he did, that didn't believe, which is his wife. His wife heard the prophecy that he's going to be father of many nations, but he, she knew that she was barren, so she was like, you're barren, you need an inheritance. I'm going to take my slave, which I own, I'm gonna have you sleep with her and then have a baby. And when you have that baby, that baby's gonna be mine because I own her. Messy, right? Very messy. Real housewives type <laughs> vibes. 
And to, to turn it up a little bit, when, <laughs> when Abraham actually has the, the daughter with, or the, 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 the son, Ishmael, with Hagar, the slave, Sarah gets upset. Wait, didn't, didn't you just tell him to sleep with Hagar and now you're upset? So upset that they actually, Sarah kicked Hagar and Ishmael out. So when I say that he has a complex, he has this, this complex as a father, like he, he, he's waited so long, waited around 80s, 80s to actually get this son. And then the first son he has, he kicks, they, they kick him out. He has this separation, this, 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 this abandoned relationship with his first son. Then God, despite them being sinful, despite them not following and, and listening to his plan, God blesses them, graces them with another child, blesses Sarah with another child. So this is a miracle baby. They're already old. Sarah's already barren. He already had, another, had a child already that, that abandoned him pretty much. This is a miracle baby. This is, and it's, I find it funny that it says, you're one and only son. Like, like, like Ishmael didn't count. You're one and only son whom you love. And I think that we have to, although the Bible doesn't pull out the emotions of Abraham, can you imagine, please, let's just use our spiritual imagination, what it's like to have to go up to the mount and think about sacrificing your son, your only son, your miracle son, See, that's, that's why I, 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 can't, I can't stand why when people, when people say um, yeah, faith and fear can't, can't exist. Like, faith and fear can exist for sure. Faith and, have you guys ever been on a roller coaster? <laughs> have, have you been on a roller coaster with somebody that hates roller coasters? Like, it, it's terrible. They're yelling the whole time. <laughs> but they still, again, took the actions to buckle up. They, they waited an hour on the line and still went on that roller coaster. They had faith and fear at the same time. They still feel the anxiousness. They still feel the heart, heart race. You feel, still feel worried. You can have faith and fear at the same time. You still can. We, we are humans. We have flesh. We can deal with, we, can, we, we experience that. So when, when Abraham is going up, I think we, we don't consider like how hard it is how hard it is for people that are parents or people that's not parents to go like, I, I know that I'm going up here with an assignment. I'm going up here and I, I, I have to, I'm going up here with a knife. I'm not going up here to play, I'm going up here with a knife. Like, can we imagine what he's feeling? But there's something beautiful in the text in, in, in verse five. In the middle of verse 5, it says, stay here with the donkey. He's talking about his, the two people that he came with, um, uh, Isaac and, and Abraham. He said, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Come again to you. Come again to you. He says that we, I and the boy, will come again to you. 
Abraham already believed, despite his assignment, despite knowing that he had to live, he had to sacrifice his son, he knew he had faith in the promise that God promised him a couple chapters ago, a couple years ago, like that through Isaac, we're gonna, I'm gonna be a father of many nations. I know, even if I go up here, even if I have to do the assignment, I know I'm gonna come down with my boy because that's what God promised me. That's what God promised me. I had faith. We are going to come again. We talk about, you know, our, our fleshliness and, and that affecting, you know, our faith. Like faith and, and, and fear in our flesh, they, they can coexist, but they're like your flesh is like an inhibitor. It's like, it, it, it's kind of like brings down your faith. Kind of, you know, it's something that you have to put, push past. There's, I don't know if you guys ever watched this, this, uh, this movie, Save the Last Dance. All my millennial, millennials know what I'm talking about. There's a scene where, where Malachi, y'all guys remember, Fredro Star Malachi? Fredro Star, he goes up to, to Julia Stiles and he says, yo, my homie, He's oil and you milk, you milk. Y'all guys don't mix together. That's, that's, how, that's how it is with our faith and fear. Like, they can coexist, they can be in the same environment, but they don't, they, when, when you, when we have faith and fear, it, it moves towards a low quality faith, a low quality faith that, that, that causes us to act, it causes us to, to not act. It causes us to, to be dormant. It causes us to be dead. And, and what I loved, what I loved in this, in this text is that Abraham pushes past his fear. He pushes past his flesh and thinks about the promises of God. I will worship and come again to you. Then he says that God will provide, God will provide for him a, a lamb and a burnt offering for my son. For they both went together. And when, I think that it's, it's, it, when we look at verse 12, verse 12 is really, really important. It says that he said, do not lay your hand on a boy or do anything. This is the angel from God telling once, once Abraham came up and they, they, lead, they laid him on, on the, uh, um, they, he laid uh, Isaac on the wood. I think Isaac kind of got, got the, you know, started to figure things out. He's like, yo, what, where are we going? Why, why we doing birth offerings? Where's the lamb? Like, and you tying me up now? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, like, and I could, I know it's, it was tough for him. And I know I could tell, I could tell it was tough for Abraham. And it says now, it says, the angel of the Lord came down and said, do not lay your hands on the boy or do anything for him, for I know, for, for now I know that you fear God. Seeing that you have not withhold your son, your only son from me. And he, they knew the evidence of his, of his faith was produced through actions. The evidence of his faith was produced through actions. And I think that it's, it's easy for us to, to make, 
make things that we love, that we want so bad an idol, it would be easy for, for uh, Abraham to make his son an idol. It would be so easy for his, to make his son an idol. This is something that he always wanted. This is something that God blessed him with. And he could, he could have gotten resentful and said like, yo, God, you gave me the son. Why are you trying to take it away? You gave me something. Why are you trying to take it away from me? Why are you trying to, to, to mess up something that, that I've wanted so much from you? Like, well, he could have. He could have made that his idol, but he decided to pursue what God wanted for his life. And it's so easy for us as Christians to create idols. It's so easy for us to, to pursue things that we want in our flesh instead of the things that God wants for our lives. It happened to me. It happened to me early 2021. I knew in my heart that God, he, he wanted me to, to start pursuing home ownership. I, went, he, I knew I needed to, to secure a home for my family. So I started to look and early on in my home ownership search, I, I found the most perfect house in Jersey, in Jersey, in Jersey. The most perfect house, 25 minutes from the church, three blocks from a train station so I can get to work. It was, it was a big, big two-family house that looked like a one-family house. It had the big backyard. It had the finished basement. It had a jacuzzi. Come on had a park across the street for NJ, perfect house. So I, this, this, we, I got into agreement, we had the best offer, and, I, and then I started to, you know, I started to get in my, my, my deliverance prayers, you know what I mean, my fire prayers, you know, I started, started to get in my prayer bag, my prayer corner, and started to go in, I started to fast. I started to ask the Lord, if this is your will, Lord, if this is your will, Lord, open up that door, Lord, pass the keys, Lord, let it happen, Lord. I asked, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and the Lord on the seventh day answered me. It was clear, and what the Lord said is, don't make the home your idol, and my response was, does that mean I have the house or no? Does that mean, am I, am I getting the house? Come on. What's up? Like, obviously, I'm not a homeowner right now, so I, I, I clearly didn't get the home. <laughs> I clearly didn't get the home, but, but it was, it was a, such a moment. Like, I got depressed. I got so upset, I got so angry, and it was clear that I made the home, the idol, the same thing that the Lord told me not to do. The same thing that the Lord told me not to do, I did. And it's like I, I didn't trust that the Lord would not withhold any good thing. That's a promise that the Bible tells us. The Lord would not withhold any good thing from me. I didn't believe it. I thought that this was a good thing for me. And I think about it like, oh, this is, this is our Christian faith. This is, this is something that I'm not just experiencing. I'm pretty sure that you guys are experiencing. What is the idols in your life that, that you're not letting go of? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a, a, a business plan. Maybe I don't know what it is, but what is the idol in your life that you're not letting go of? Abraham shows us that we, we ought to walk by faith and trust God and show that we trust God by our actions. And I'm, I'll end with this. I, t I told you on, in the beginning of the sermon that I, 
it was really tough for me to, to preach on this earlier on because I, ha- I have a really great, I have a really close friend that's, a, that's an atheist. And early on in my faith walk, he would use this scripture, he would use this story to, to show me how, how unloving God was. He would use it and say, like, what type of God would try to have their, their father kill the son? How wicked is a God like that? How wicked is a God like that? And, and that really shook me. It's early on in my faith walk. I, I, you know, I didn't know. Much, I didn't really have a, a, a grounding faith. I didn't have a good understanding of the word. But I would run from this text because I knew that, you know, there was some work to be done. I, 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 I just was. Every time I, I, I ran across this text, I would go fast. I would read it quick. But the Bible tells us that faith comes from what? Amen. All right, y'all got getting better, getting better. Faith comes from hearing, right? And hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God, the full word of God. I realized the atheist was only looking at that little one story, was looking in that little section of the story. He didn't understand the whole entire narrative of the Bible. He didn't understand what was happening in the the beginning, he didn't understand what was happening in the end. He didn't understand what happened with the promises that 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 Isaac, uh, or that Abraham had originally. He didn't understand what what it means to have a tested faith, a genuine faith, a pure faith. He didn't know any of that. That's why it's so important to understand hermeneutics, right? Hermeneutics is is the the understanding of of the author of the of the word of God, like understanding what the context was why he wrote it, in which, in which uh, what was the purpose of him writing that. It's really under, uh, purposeful to, to, to get that hermeneutics because when you hear, the, when you, you understand it from the contextual area, Abraham's story is one of the best love stories. It's one of the most comprehensive love stories because God is so omnipotent. God, he, it's like a triple entendre. He, he loves Abraham in the past, the present, and the future. He loves Abraham in the past because he, he's honoring the covenant from a couple years ago. He's honoring the covenants that he would, he would make him the father of many nations. He honored that covenant. In the present, he saves his son, and then he also provides, giving him faith, maturing his faith, and then he loves Abraham in the future because this, this story is, is a story that that will fuel generations to come. When you look back at the story, you look back at the text, there's some things that sound familiar, right? Take your only son, and on the third day, take him as a living sacrifice. Doesn't that sound familiar? He took the story of Abraham, honored the story of Abraham's faith, and made it a typology to the pointing of Jesus Christ. Y'all hearing me? He said that I'm going to bless you now, I'm going to bless you in the past, and I'm going to bless your lineage. 
I'm going to point you to Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'm not going to withhold my son. I'm actually going to slay my son for the sins of man. You see how hard it is to, to slay your son on your own, but I actually did it, and it is finished. That is the best love story. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So, just end, I just want to end with this. I don't know where you're at with your faith walk. I don't know where you're at in terms of you pursuing the Lord, but, the God, but God is calling us to something more. God is calling us to something more. God is asking us and showing, wants us to show the profession of our faith through actions, whether that's being generous, whether that's being loving, whether that's being patient with your spouse. God is calling us to something more. God is calling you. Let me change it. God is calling you to something more. I want y'all guys to do something for me. If you guys can close your eyes and, and in a profession of faith, if you could reach your hands out and in a profession of faith, I would love for you to repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the love that, that never ends for me. Thank you for your powerful daily presence in my life. I believe that you are Lord and ruler of my life. I believe that you have a plan for me and I will trust and follow. Give me the type of faith that moves mountains. Help me depend on you. Direct my heart and mind towards you. Increase my faith. And show me how I should increase my faith. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen and amen. Amen, amen.